Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization that mobilizes the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Donations to the United Way stay 100% locally in our community and get invested in more than 40 community-based programs. These programs help students achieve academic success, families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or call 716-483-1561. There have been a variety of economic development stories in Chautauqua County between queries about what's happening with the Athenex Immunity Bioproject in Dunkirk to progress at the Electrovia Project in South County. County Executive P.J. Wendell shares more on those topics as well as much more here. We have Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell in studio with us today for our monthly catch-up on various news stories and issues happening in Chautauqua County. So welcome to the studios. Well, thanks for having me. So we're going to start out with something that was on the Chautauqua County Legislature's committee agenda uh, for the previous week where there was a discussion that was going to happen about reorganization of the Finance Department. Unfortunately, uh, Finance Director Kitty Kerr wasn't able to be there. So I was hoping you could tell us more about what what is happening there with that well what we're looking and, and when i first came into office uh, i was talking with chuck nazaro who had a wealth of experience at upmc chautauqua uh, with the finance department there and one of the things we <clears throat> had asked ourselves is are we capturing enough revenue not looking at it as a money grab but are we billing the right way and how many redundancies do we have how many different departments are billing maybe not the same exact service we understand but billing the same, whether it's Medicaid billing or private insurance billing, what, who's doing that? So are we doing that in mental hygiene? Are we also doing that in public health and social services? So we wanted to get a better understanding. So this is something that's been in the works for quite some time. And Kitty Crow, our finance director, has taken uh, the lead on this. I, I'm behind her 100%. Um, it's interesting. You know, the, the modification to our time here is for a class I'm taking um, in, uh, you know, online, not online, it's a, a national course through the National Association of Counties. Um, and one of the things they talk about is, is leading change. And in this one, there is uh, a considerable amount of change in the eyes of some people. Um, you know, so it's not going to be uprooting people. We're not moving, you know, an entire operation from Jamestown to Mayville or Mayville to Jamestown or Dunkirk anywhere. But what we're looking at is how can we consolidate without losing jobs? This isn't a job reduction incentive or, or motivation, but just, uh, you know, how can we streamline our finance department more effectively? One of the cases that really pushed me to do this was last year during, um, during COVID, uh, somebody from mental hygiene, we had a, actually had my meeting with Carmela Hernandez and they were a little frustrated that, you know, 60% of their fiscal staff was out of the office. Well, 60% of 30, that's a lot. 60% of five, no, that's three out of five. <laughs> so uh, not making light of it, but even then, three out of five people in your fiscal department are out for 10 days, what do you do? Um, so that really prompted us to say, well, you know, can people cross-train? Can somebody that you know works with Medicaid billing from another department be able to come over and handle some of this work? And we realized, yes. Not exactly the same. We understand there's some nuances and some changes, but you know the belief with this is that will be it will provide a more fiscal streamline for our, our more uh, 
streamlined for our fiscal department. So, you know, we're excited, but there, like everything else, there's gonna be some pushback, there's gonna be some concern. Um, you know, unfortunately, some people have said, why am I, why am I playing God and, and uprooting people? And that's not what this is about. It's really about, as, as has been one of my staples, is providing effective, efficient county government. And it's a way for us to look at that. Uh, some things you're not even gonna notice a change. Some changes may you know, be a little bit more noticeable, but at the end of the day, the, the, the drive is making sure we are more efficient. Are the I imagine man when you come to talking about cross training, are there any pushback from union? Because I know when it comes to job duties and things like that, I wasn't sure if that was a concern with people with different titles. Not really. You know, we're looking and we're we're making sure we're you know Kitty is working with HR and uh, make sure Demikowski make sure where everything is is you know on the up and up. Um, tentatively, our our union has been looking at this and they don't see any issues right now. There hasn't been anything, but you know it's it's still you know you have to treat the people as individuals. And, and, you know, there's some people that have been maybe doing this job for 15 or 20 years. And why should I do it differently? And, you know, um, but, you know, the other side of this is, you know, I think we could find ways to make their jobs, you know, a lot easier. And it, it, it's interesting you, you ask about the union component because some of our people that do fiscal jobs also have other tasks. So if you're hired as a fiscal, under an umbrella of, of a fiscal, what other non-fiscal duties are you doing? So you know, you have to weigh that out, you know, and that's, you know, some of the people that we really want to focus on just fiscal duties, not, you know, non-fiscal things that people are doing. So, um, you know, again, it's, uh, we feel it's the right move. Uh, it's been taking quite a bit of time and it's not, a, it's not, we're not thrusting this upon people, um, you know, and again, it's, uh, I think what happens like anything else, you know, communication is important and key, uh, but, you know, having everybody understand what we're doing while we're doing it. Um, and really, you know, just supporting people when there's, you know, there's some questions. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this model, have you seen this uh, done in other uh, county governments? And that's kind of, are, are you kind of creating it, parts of it yourself? A little bit of both. You know, we have seen this in other departments and it's interesting, you know, uh, we're part of NISAC, New York State Association of Counties. And, uh, you know, Kitty goes to meetings with finance directors throughout the state. And, you know, the, we're always sharing ideas, swapping stories. So a lot of this came from, you know, models she, she has seen from other counties and likewise, you know, here's Chautauqua County looking to start this model. And, you know, my good friend, uh, Steve Newhouse from Orange County, his finance director say, hey, when you get this done, we want to come and see what you did because we want to do this because everybody sees there are redundancies in, in different forms of ca- in county government when it comes to billing and, you know, requisition, proposition, uh, per, uh, processing and those types of things. So uh, we're excited about what we're doing. So it's a little bit of both, a little bit of our own initiative, a little bit of creativity that we're instituting, but also, you know, taking the lead from some of the other counties and what they've done. All right. Uh, moving forward with uh, economic development, this week was the monthly Chautauqua County Industrial Development Agency board meeting. So we hear a lot about stuff there. We hear about things at the Chautauqua County Legislature meeting as well. One of the things that came up, and I saw an article about this in a Dunker Observer about immunity bio, also known as uh, ethics. Yep. Uh, wondering what is happening with that project and it's been one of those projects that's kind of long it's had a long trail of you know development and setbacks where are things with that right now well we did have a very lengthy conversation with um, leadership at immunity bio they are still very much moving forward there's a lot going on you know somewhat like uh, you know willy wonka's chocolate factory there's a lot going on behind the doors that people don't see um, there are some, con- there are not some concerns. There are some things that are happening that are beyond our control that, um, you know, Immunity Bio is dealing with. Uh, 
So with that, there's you know limited as to what we can discuss, um, but they just want everybody to realize and to understand that they are still truly committed to the area, truly committed to getting this prod this product line up and moving. And um, in the near future, you're going to see some action up there. So we're we're excited. Um, you know, we do we're com- we were um, confirmed that they are committed to you know making this a reality here. So. Um, you know, we just ask everybody to stay tuned. You know, these these projects, you know, one of the things we, we talked about too is Electrovia. You know, that the deal on the building closed almost two years ago. Uh, but it takes a long time to get all the ducks in a row and get everything processed and get everything moving forward. So uh, that's another great development, you know, here in, uh, you know, the, the Mason Industrial Park, Accurate, a long time uh, manufacturing facility here in, in Southern Chautauqua County. So Electrovia is providing um, you know, batteries for um, EVs and other type of, uh, you know, transportation. So we're excited. Um, you know, it's going to ramp, it's going to slowly ramp up, you know, with a few jobs to start and then increasing over time. But, you know, again, these things take time. It's not, uh, you know, it's not like a company comes in and buys the billions. Hey, we're going to be here next week. We're going to hang up a shingle and get started. So, um, you know, you look at incentives, you look at ways that, you know, that you can make things happen. And, you know, people have to realize is when you look at, you know, it's not Chautauqua County, you know, when you look at pilots or grants or everything, but, you know, things like ESD, Empire State Development Corp, you know, the state is doing this too. So it's a state realizing they're not the easiest to work with. So let's give people incentives to stay here. Without those incentives, it'd be very challenging uh, because of the economic climate in New York State for business. Uh, for to bring people new people here so again we're we're very optimistic in what's happening at electrovia uh again confirmed things are still moving forward at athenex and you know the other piece we we talked about you know is um refresco you know uh spoke a good friend of mine uh is their uh director there and you know so this this job this this could have gone anywhere you know there's they have several different plants throughout the united states and to keep over you know we have the 600 jobs plus here that 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 refresco employs and they're looking to increase that. But, um, you know, this building was purchased prior to, you know, Mark Geis coming in with the IDA. And obviously, you know, we have our weekly criticism from our, our friend that just feels the IDA is doing nothing positive. But to the contrary, um, you know, the IDA is moving forward. And, you know, uh, like anything else, they're, they're developing industry and sometimes the industries take off and flourish and sometimes they're setbacks, et cetera. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I stand behind what our IDA is doing. We stand behind, um, you know, the developments that are happening and like anything else there's a lot of uh, a lot of cakes in the oven so we just have to wait till they're done because you know we've seen even with prior to electrovia we had a company that was going to come in and make acoustic tiles a big splash in the paper and we're going to do all this and then COVID hit you know it got derailed at the 11th hour so you know we're very cautious and we make sure everything is in place before we make announcements but there's a lot going on and still is and i'm excited about you know development here in chautauqua county and excited about companies coming in and seeing what great opportunities we have here not only incentiving you know coming from the state or, or even from the county but more so just seeing type of uh, community they're going to come into and what the community support has for new people and and you know, transplants of, you know, I was one of them. Uh, you know, I moved in here from, uh, you know, from Maryland with my family, you know, some 40 some years ago now. So yeah, uh, we're a welcoming place and, you know, we, we'd like people to, you know, come here and, you know, raise their families and, you know, start businesses and keep the business flourishing.
Mm-hmm. And for so people with the Refresco project in Dunkirk, that what we were talking about there is the Refresco purchase property that had been owned by the county, yep. and that is next to where the facility is uh, over on Telcott Street, I think mm-hmm. it is. So uh, essentially, that was a huge building. I think yeah. formerly owned it was Carriage House, and at various names, but they they used to make peanut butter there. <laughs> yep, they did, and you know we um, it was a building that. You know, was purchased many years ago. Uh, I believe Kevin Sandwich was the IDA director when that happened, and uh, you know there was the thought that this would be you know a quick turnaround, and it just didn't work that fast. Um, but Refresco has purchased it. A lot of uh, cold storage, uh, and people would be surprised at what Refresco bottles. You know, body armor. They do some uh, different uh, private labels as well as uh, you know large national labels. So. Uh, 650 plus people, I think, are employed there, and it's it's a lot. It's one of those things that, what do they do up there again? You know, people don't realize, but it's a it's a big business, and it is uh, it does employ a lot in the North County. So it it that move right there, and talking to uh, Gary Thompson, one of their um, you know it, leaders there, said, you know, this could have gone you know anywhere um, for that matter, but they were committed to stay here and purchase the building. So we're excited. You know, it's going to be a big development from. Rec- on Refresco's part, uh, but also retaining and then increasing our jobs in the future. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nathan. Staying with uh, North County, uh, the county legislature last night passed uh, funding in the amount of $255,112. I think that's the full amount, but that might include some grant money uh, for the Lake Erie Sediment Assessment. This, you talked about this with us, I think, last month about this project that this study you want to do along the Lake Erie shoreline of uh, the Barcelona Harbor, Dunkirk Harbor, and then Sunset Bay, Hanford Bay uh, Harbor. Well, what this is, is yeah, there is some grant money involved in it, so it's not strictly all county money coming, but there is a portion of the 2% uh, occupancy tax funding we're using for lakes and waterways. And what that's going to do is queue up engineering engineering, um, studies for these projects to go in. What we're finding out, and they're just wrapping up on a positive note, um, the Army, excuse me, not the Army Corps, um, but in concert with the Army Corps, and thanks to Congressman Reed, Congressman Langworthy now, who is instrumental in really getting it across the finish line, um, and our Senators, Gillibrand and Schumer, getting funding for Barcelona to be dredged. So on a positive, that's, I was told it's complete, the federal channel's complete, but they're gonna do a little bit more extra work there. Um, But, what we're realizing is we need to have something out offshore to stop all that sediment from coming in because that's really what's crippled, you know, Sunset Bay, not, you know, partially Sunset Bay, yes, Hanford Bay, but more so Barcelona. And even parts of Dunkirk Harbor are getting hit by sediment coming in. So this, this money will queue up um, several studies so that this, uh, there's more federal funding and state funding that's available. So you know we're just wrapping up a $600,000 project that was three or four years in the making, but it took that long, unfortunately, but <clears throat> it was able to get the funding because they already had the engineering study ready and waiting in hand. So they said, this is what we have, this is what we need, boom, and they got the money. So the, the premise is if we get these projects queued up, have the engineering studies ahead of time, when that money does become available from the federal government, we'll be able to access it and apply much quicker. Great. Um, moving on toward totally different topic. Uh, one of the things that we've still been talking about in the news is um, asylum seekers and refugees coming into New York. And uh, I saw the press release that you extended the executive order once again this is something i think you have to extend it what, every five days i yep. think that mm-hmm. one then that's and then the emergency orders every 30 days yep. uh i want to kind of talk with you about that because i saw legislation that our u.s senator kirsten gillibrand had filed and she was had support from members even in democrats in the house that would work on 
expediting work permit eligibility and wondered, you know, if, if you had reviewed any of that legislation or what your thoughts were on that? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, a couple of words. Thank you. It's about time. Uh, you know, why do we have to put this fun acronym of Aspire to really do the job that should have been done many, many months ago? You know, if you read the article, even, you know, um, New York City Mayor Adams has said, all we're hearing from these people is they want to work. You know, we talked about our unemployment rate here of 3.2%, and there's more jobs, I believe, than we have people that are unemployed. So why not enable these people who are here to become citizens the opportunity to work? You know, uh, I was at the Jamestown Jammers game a couple weeks ago, and, you know, our friends from Columbia were there. We also have some families from the Congo that have relocated into the area. Uh, you know, we, we've looked to the state for, you know, f some assistance, f you know, funding, uh, because, again, they just, these people can't work. We've gone on about this, you know. A couple years ago, if, if you're, you know, this many people were, well, I guess there, there's a legal term now, but, um, you know, if, we're, if we were circumventing or encouraging people to circumvent federal and state labor laws, there'd be an uproar. But now, basically, our, our federal and state officials have said, yeah, okay, do what you got to do, which it's ironic, right? We're going to pick and choose what laws we want to follow. But nonetheless, this is a great move um, by Senator Gillibrand. I saw there was some support you know, from House Democrats as well. Uh, and what, where it gets dicey is, you know, when they give them the title of asylum seeker, they're not refugees, they're asylum seekers. And that number is very small as far as success. You know, they'll use a number of 30%, but if you really talk in reality to anybody from, you know, state and federal levels, they'll tell you it's about 5% who actually are granted asylum. So what do you do with the other 95%? that isn't you know it, that's where the sticky you know the, the sticky wicket is um, but nonetheless it's in, you know we we've asked i've asked from the very beginning expedite get these people to work so they're going to reduce it from 180 to 30 days i i sometimes i i, I think it's a token they're going to add like two billion dollars in funding well New York City got a billion dollars from the state alone, so I don't know what two billion is going to do nationally for this type of effort. But uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, it, it'll be appreciated. I know the the people that are working with our local um, individuals are are very appreciative of everything we have and everything we've received. Um, we did receive a, a a grant funding from the uh, New York State Department of State. Uh, we've also uh, there's been an, an ask for other funding, and just it's able to assist these people. Um, you know, it's, it's really a challenge. Uh, but what we have asked, and the reason the extension that I put it in and, and many counties have is we've asked for dialogue and we have yet to get it. You know, the governor touts, I've had meetings with the county executives. You step behind a screen and you talk at us. If you'd like to type in a comment, please type. Why can't you sit down and talk to us like normal people? Um, even the mayor of the city, you know, city of New York, we've asked for a delegation of county leaders to go to Gracie Mansion. Let's sit down and talk. How can we amicably work through this? But what's interesting, though, is we got a letter yesterday filed by the New York City Civil Liberties Union, you know, questioning about the unlawful uh, act of my state of emergency. Well, I think they need to read my state of emergency because nowhere are we prohibiting anyone from coming into Chautauqua County. What we are prohibiting are towns, villages, and cities from entering into contracts with New York City to relocate asylum seekers from the city. Also, we are uh, prohibiting uh, hotels from entering into their own contracts with the city of New York to bring people here. 
you know, again, it's not, we're not stopping anyone. You know, I was told there were some families from the Congo that have come in. We haven't stopped them. We didn't put up people at a border of Chautauqua County. So I, I find it ironic that the Civil Liberties Union comes in and says, this is, read our statement first before you're going to claim us as, as being unlawful. Uh, you can't lump everybody together because of situations that have happened in Rockland and Orange counties. And, and that's a different scenario with them. So, um, you know, we're still here looking to work. You know, we, I just had a text message with Jackie Bray from... Uh, Homeland Security, Emergency Services. We talked about some additional funding, uh, just asking where it is. Uh, you know, I'm one of those. Uh, if you told me you're going to get it, you know, I don't, I don't like that term. The checks in the mail. Let's uh, let's put the rubber to the road and let's get something happening. But there's such a need right now, you know, and these people are really trying. You know, you've got nurses working in nail salons because they can't legally uh, work. But it's a challenge. You know, our own governor. You know, when we look at nursing and healthcare, there's a shortage of healthcare workers, but. The governor has, uh, there's been some legislation that, that doesn't accept uh, reciprocity from Pennsylvania licensed nurses to work in New York State. I mean, really, you have a shortage, but you're going to not allow people that commute across the border within, you know, we're right on the border. So to, to, to say that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But nonetheless, you know, this, this migrant, uh, you know, our migrant friends are here and, um, you know, we're doing what we can. And, you know, we'll keep going. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you've had a chance to check in with Congressman Langworthy or not to get a sense for his temperature of the House for this. Because obviously, I mean, Demo Democrats supported in the Democrat-led Senate. So, but with the House, that's a different story. And I wasn't sure if there was a sense of, that the House Republicans would be on board. I don't know if you had any yet. Any conversations with them about this? Not specifically. You know, we, we've talked about different things back and forth. But, you know, the, the bottom line is this is in the hands of the, of the government, right? This is in the hands of the president. He knows what can make this happen. He knows how this, I don't want to say go away, but he knows a lot of the, the, the boondoggle has been created by his administration. Um, it doesn't have to be a fight. Why is it Republican versus Democrat? Let's look at realistically what we're talking about as human beings. And, you know, where is the human nature, humanitarianism of, you know, doing the right thing? And it's, it's interesting, you know, if um, I think we, you know, the term kidnapping was used at one point uh, when you're talking of relocating people from Florida or Texas into New York City, but yet New York City can do it, but that's okay. Or the, the you know, the, the president can fly in immigrants from the southern border into Westchester County uh, in the cover of darkness. And that's okay. It's not, not the same. It's different. Uh, so again, I just you question that and it, you wonder if uh, if it wasn't an issue then why hasn't it continued right so if if what he was doing was legally and lawful to fly people into Westchester County then why did it stop after it was made public so it's unfortunate those types of things happen but you know we, we do share the same sentiment that you know this is in the hands of the the presidential administration and you know they need to get things done and you know and I know, you know, Congressman Langworthy works across the aisle with everyone. So, um, you know, we're hoping there's going to be some resolution. But it has to start at the top. You know, we, we can only do so much down here at the local level. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in almost July here. So, I mean, you know, deep in the summer season, or as they say, we have two seasons in Chautauqua County. We have winter and construction season. Good news on at least the construction side is that Chautauqua County has received $1.3 million in state aid to do road work. And uh, I, I didn't get the exact number of how much more this is than what was budgeted, but it is more. Mm -hmm. So what, what is on the docket for what the county's doing? Well, if you if you listen to some of our residents, we're not doing enough on our roads, right? <laughs> we all know there's potholes. And, you know, I think as an adult now, I, I notice more and more that we're paving roads more often. 
I'm not sure why, uh, you know, but there are some things we're looking at. We, you know, in concert with some of the lake studies we're doing is, you know, and I've thought about this the same as, <clears throat> you know, how much damage are we doing to our roads with salt? And everybody here likes a clean road, not a, now we're not saying dry road, but they want to, they don't want a snow covered road. Well, with that comes the salt and the constant freezing and thawing, and that's where you get the cracks and the potholes. So, you know, what people want uh, as far as convenience does have a price. Um, but, you know, our crews are getting out, <clears throat> trying to get the most th that they can out of those dollars. Uh, there's been some extra money that came in this year, some in increased funding from over last year. So um, I know the construction crews are out there working, you know, feverishly trying to get these projects done. And they will spend every penny of every dollar that comes in to make sure our roads are maintained and uh, in the highest of standards. So, um, you know, I'm sure we always find those rough roads, and I've driven many of them the last couple, you know, in my tenure as county executive, some of the backcountry roads. And, um, you know, we are out there doing the best we can. But we just ask everybody, uh, you know, to bear with us during the construction season. Really, 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 really pay attention, you know, to those men and women out, whether it's from state, local, town, county, village, whatever. Make sure you're paying attention to them. You know, texting and driving, we, we do so many things when we're out there on the road, but make sure that you're paying attention and keeping our employees safe. But they're out there. They're going to do the, the most they can with that money. And I'm excited. Um, you know, again, our, our road crews are some of the best around. And, um, you know, it's it's always nice to have a nice paved road. So <laughs> there'll be many more of those in the county this year. Mm -hmm. And to your point about, you know, the weather and how it affects Rosette, one of the lines of funding coming from the state is a, is a newer line, the Pave Our Potholes funding. And then there is even the extreme weather funding. So the state obviously seems to recognize that. Yeah. There's a need for it, at least in our area. Oh, certainly. And, and you, you know, there's some places like, you know, we talk, my, my, uh, my wife's family's up in, uh, you know, the Adirondacks, uh, just uh, south of Old Forge, north of Utica, Rome area. And they're used to driving on snow-packed roads. You come down here and say you're going to drive on a snow-packed road, you know, maybe some of the outlying areas, but you're talking anywhere else. No, no, those roads better be cleared. And it's an expectation that people have. But, you know, having said that, it does come with a cost. And I think the state's realizing that with this extreme weather funding and then pave our potholes. The governor even realizes that, um, you know, there are more and more potholes and, and it comes with the freezing and thawing of, of you know, the, the asphalt blacktop. So, um, you know, we'll do our best, but really excited. There's been some more money and, you know, we'll put it to good use. And money that wasn't coming to the county, but money coming from the state for a state project. You were at the recent uh, groundbreaking for the, I guess, the overhaul of the Chautauqua Lake Bridge in Bemis Point. So that's quite a project. Oh, quite a project. You know, a little, little mishap at first. They, they put it out to bid. They budgeted $55 million, and I guess they forgot they have to have uh, vessels on the lake that do this work, too. So it came back a little higher than projected, but the state was able to find the funding, uh, which, is, which is always good. So, yeah, $78 million. Uh, you know, Senator Brella made the comment, you know, after 40 years, everybody needs to have their parts replaced, uh, sometimes even humans, right? Uh, but, you know, if you drive over that bridge over the last probably 10 years, you realize almost every season um, they are doing some sort of work on that bridge. The other side of that is that when they did a, cons uh, a study, you know, New York State Department of Transportation road crews are on that bridge more than they are any other bridge in the state, I was told. Uh, you know, we have a very heavy snow area um, spanning waterway. So you're putting down salt. You're, you know, we're, a lot of things are happening there. Um, but it really hasn't had a major overhaul in over 40 years. You know, you, people don't realize that 
um, those things weren't built to last forever, right? And if they are, you need to have maintenance, and, and that's what they're doing right now. So, uh, you know, Rob Yates, the supervisor of, of North Harmony, made a great point. He said he was getting some, some signs made. Is, uh, is, he goes, uh, we apologize for the inconvenience now to improve for our future. And I think that's really important. We have to look at, is it gonna be inconvenience? Yes, a lot of road rage, please be careful. A lot of language, I'm sure, will be fruitful in vehicles. But at the end of the day, you know, would you rather, you know, take a year or two to really get the job done right or just kind of piecemeal year after year? And if you drive the bridge, you, people see what we're talking about. You know, the, the sides are starting to decay. Um, you know, there's potholes all, all over the place. And what's interesting is, you know, the amount of cement that's involved in a bridge and what do we put down to treat the roads? Put salt. What's the biggest detriment to concrete? Salt. So it's a it's a catch twenty two. You know we have to be you know very cognizant and um, you know I hope the state leads by example when it comes to some new ways to treat our roads for you know the winter weather. Uh, it's a massive structure, but I've done a couple drills on there and. When you're standing there and a tractor trailer goes by, you realize how much that bridge flexes and bounces. <laughs> Doesn't look it from the ground, but boy, when you're standing on that deck, <laughs> it's, a, it's a unique experience. I'll just put it that way. Right. So moving forward, I'm thinking about projects. So that's a, a capital project for the state, but there is a capital projects that have been going through the review process with the county planning board. And uh, Doug Bowen did a, a, a short presentation about that last night to the county legislature. And uh, so what, what is the process now that these projects have been reviewed by the planning board? Well, they're all ranked um, and given a number, and now it's the legislature's responsibility to determine which are most important, and also part of my responsibility in the budget. Um, the next big part is finding the money. Um, you know, what we have done traditionally is um, allocated monies, but also used um, revenues from our investments and anybody who has investments knows those aren't doing too well right now. So last year we used $4 million of general fund balance to fund our capital projects. Will that be another opportunity this year? Quite possibly it's something, it's not off the table, uh, but we have to look and, and really, you know, when, it, when we start using fund balance and into that savings account, if you will, for the county, we have to make sure that we're, these are investments that are, you know, kind of those one-timers or, you know, things that are going to last, you know, 15, 20-year lifespan. Uh, we try to get away from those recurring projects that are happening. For example, um, you know, some new projects, you know, we'd like to, it sounds silly, but to pressure wash and clean our buildings. I don't think it's been done in the nearly 60 years that they've been, uh, you know, uh, since they've been built. Uh, we do some spot cleaning here and there, but to really go down and clean all the concrete look and make sure that we don't have any issues structurally, I think is important. Uh, you know, roofing projects, uh, just a myriad of things from, you know, transportation, new equipment, um, you know, replacing equipment, just so many great things out there. But now we have to look, you know, they've prioritized for them. They do a great job. Our planning, planning commission does an awesome job at it. But now we have to find the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest trick. Right. And um, some it sounds like some of the projects that are on the proposal list do have some funding, I think, because they're at the airports at either mm -hmm. Dunkirk or Jamestown. I, I didn't see the complete list, but it was mentioned that, you know, federal aviation, they do provide some funding. And so that lowers the cost for the county, but there's still a county cost. Correct. Sometimes these grants have local match or, you know, a matching, you know, match that goes through. so yeah we have to look at everything but um you know i'm confident in the uh, presentation that was given last night that that i'm confident to say that they do a great job every year so now we have to take those uh, projects and look at them and say okay where do we get the money now uh, but again really excited 
uh, about what they do and the opportunity for growth here in the county. So, and continuing with what happened at the legislature, I mean, there was a whole variety of, of resolutions and everything, but one thing that really caught, you know, the kind of attention for us last night was this motion that was sponsored by legislators Dave Wilfong, Tom Nelson, and Susan Parker, uh, promoting equality and denouncing racism in the county. And there was some, you know, public comment on that, but also a lot of comment by the legislature itself. And wondering, uh, in terms of county government in your office, what is kind of the role that you guys are taking forward with this or motion, I should say. Well, you know, again, we sponsored it. It was passed unanimously, so I think that sets the tone that, you know, some of the things that they're talking about in that are things that we do not, you know, I do not support. As far as when I say support is, no, we don't support racism. We don't support discrimination. Um, You know, there are ways, you know, and there are things that are happening at a national level um, that may be more prominent than they are here in Chautauqua County. Um, you know, but we've, we've stood by these commitments. You know, I personally, if anybody knows me, I don't stand for, you know, racism or hatred or bigotry or bullying. Those, those are constant things that, you know, we don't tolerate. You know, when we look at, you know, we, some of the things that we're asking or questioning is our hiring pro- policies and, you know, what we do. And, you know, we follow the same rules that everybody follows. Uh, you know, we have zero tolerance training. We have different, you know, things that we're already doing. We've implemented the new diversity training at the county level with our online platform. So there's a lot that the county is doing. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a very hot topic item though, right? This is, a, this is a topic that, you know, stirs emotion for a lot of people. And, you know, we take everything with great consideration. So, uh, you know, unanimous support from last night. So it was a good move and, you know, steps moving forward. So um, there's, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, some, some incidents that have happened, but those are things that are beyond the control. Uh, and again, whether it's ignorance or, you know, whatever we want to call that, um, it, it's still, it, you know, it still happens and it's very unfortunate. But, you know, again, we don't stand for that. I don't stand or tolerate any of those, you know, types of behaviors. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm not sure about individual departments, but it's like, is, are parts of Chautauqua County part of the, the IDEA coalition that's through the United Way? Uh, not to my knowledge. It was one of the questions that, that came up in a meeting we had most recently is why aren't more county departments involved in that? And, you know, um, it's, it's one of those situations that, you know, some of the questions were, another question came about is why aren't more towns and villages? Well, that's up to those elected officials. You know, if the can, we cannot force anybody, you know, or, you know, say you need to be part of this. Uh, it's a good effort. The Idea Coalition is a multifaceted, you know, a broad spectrum looking at, you know, you know inclusion, diversity, um, equity, and, and accessibility. Those are all things that everybody wants. And, and you know, when you, you have a multitude of areas that are part of that, um, you know, everyone at the table is working together. And, you know, I forget the number of different agencies, over 40 agencies, they want many more, but they're all involved. But if you sit down in a meeting with, you know, 40 or 100 people on a committee or commission, how how much work are we going to get done? You know, and I think that's that's really, you know, if there's, you know, if there are going to be spinoff groups, you know, throughout this project. But, um, you know, the, the county itself, uh, it's nothing that we've, uh, it's not that we haven't supported it. You know, it's just the, the county, when we look at these things, hasn't really, you know, looked at many of these things uh, or wholeheartedly endorsed or supported them. So again, it's something we're looking at. We had these discussions and it's something that I, I do support, you know, what they're doing. Reverend Lee Croft Clark has uh, been the champion of this, also sponsored by the United Way of Southern Chautauqua County. So they're starting off on the right foot. Um, but people have to realize if people aren't involved in that, that doesn't mean they're against what people are doing. You know, different people have uh, different perspectives on, on a multitude of things. But um, this is this is an area where 
you know, if people are not involved, doesn't mean they're against it. I think that's one of the, the, the points that I've been making. Um, you know, this is not a, if you're not with us, you're against us policy. This is, you know, people support the efforts that they're taking and, you know, I support what they're doing and, you know, and, you know, need to get some, there's, there's some focus. That I think even uh, Isaiah Rashad said it with the City Human Rights Commission, you know, some goals and professionalism and, and ideas as to where, where people are going, what's going to happen, et cetera. So, um, you know, just encouraging that organization and, you know, we'll be there to support it. Mm-hmm. As uh, this airs, this will air tonight. This is Thursday, June 30th, but this is going to also air on Sunday, which is we're, we're kind of headed into. For some folks, we're going to take a long weekend leading <laughs> into the Independence Day holiday. And is there anything that you want to share that's happening countywide? Well, I think just, you know, to get out and support, you know, local, local businesses. I know there's a uh, sesquicentennial celebration in Silver Creek uh, taking place on Monday night. Uh, I'll be in Silver Creek Monday night. Of course, uh, Tuesday morning, 4th of July, will be the annual parade in Mayville. Uh, I'll be in the parade along with many other representatives. Uh, so really excited about that. And, you know, from, from a, a South County view, I, didn't, I don't really think Mayville is that north anymore. Uh, but, you know, back in, when I was a younger kid, I didn't realize just how big that parade was in Mayville. Uh, but it's a, it's a huge parade. Several thousand people are there. Uh, really exciting way to kick off the, uh, the Independence Day celebration. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we have to really take a look at what we are celebrating, right? We're celebrating the independence of our nation. We're celebrating, you know, those men and women uh, that took a brave step to end tyranny and, um, you know, to move into a direction and really create a global superpower. Um, but, you know, I often tell people is, you know, we can't forget where we came from. Um, we have to realize that, yes, there were some troubles in, in the past. You know, we, we can't deny that, that, that we haven't had a, a perfect picture life here uh, as far as United States or capital, you know, the, the United States as a whole, as a body, but it is a work in progress. And it's something that, you know, we have evolved into, you know, one of the world's superpowers. And uh, I think people sometimes, I think, forget that, you know, they find criticisms and, um, you know, even our residents find out what a bad place this is. Well, to the contrary, if you, if you talk to some of our, our, our friends who relocated for, uh, seeking asylum, they'll show you and tell you of a places that are a lot worse than the United States. So as bad as we have it, we have to realize we do have pretty good life here in the United States and we're afforded um, a lot of different uh, liberties and, 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 you know, privileges here. So I'd ask everybody just to take time to, you know, think about what we're celebrating um, and also to be safe. Now, we're just, you know, I'm a local person and you very challenging to find me out on the lake on the 4th of July. That seems to be a, uh, it, it's busier than a throughway. So I ask everybody to urge, uh, use caution, safety. If you're going to be drinking, please make sure you have a designated driver. It's really important. And, you know, now with the legalization of marijuana, it's, it's another topic you need to be, be aware of is that, you know, you're still driving impaired. Um, you know, I don't care how long you've been smoking, but, you know, pay attention because, you know, you don't want to be the person that ends the life of another uh, because of what you thought was going to be a fun and enjoyable evening. So I ask everybody to, you know, please be safe, enjoy the holiday, and we'll uh, we'll see him uh, see him soon. Anything else you'd like to add, County? Uh, yeah, just one real quick. You know, uh, what you're going to see, we do we did get some of our new buses for carts. They're wrapped, uh, really exciting. Uh, we've some of them have been wrapped in a way that if you're in downtown Jamestown, you're not going to see something with the Dunkirk Lighthouse or the Dunkirk Waterfront. We do have the wraps. Uh, 
somewhat according to the routes that they're going to be on. Not exactly. And there's some boats or buses that are universal. Um, so you may see a myriad of, of different uh, pictures on the side. So those are buses that are going to be in and out, uh, you know, uh, sub or replacement buses, if you will. So really excited. Uh, CHQ Transit is going to be launching soon. And uh, just I saw the buses. They really We saw the wraps prior to them being on the buses. They were really sharp. And I saw some of the pictures of the buses that have arrived. We have three of them here now. So we'll be, uh, we'll be putting Justin Gold to work and getting out a press release and really showcasing those buses. They're really, really impressive uh, um, you know, work that they've done and really excited about the uh, marketing group we've worked with. And it's been, again, this is another you know, probably a solid two years in the making. And Michelle Westfall and her group uh, have been instrumental. I can't say enough about the work they've done. It's really been their baby, and uh, I think people will be really excited to what they're going to see driving around Chautauqua County. Right. It's been over 20 years since they had their last refresh. Correct. Yep. Yeah, definitely in need, need of a haircut and an overhaul. So we'll, we'll get some new paint and some new wraps on the, the buses, and people will be impressed. Great. Well, I look forward to looking for those on the road. County Executive Wendell, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me.